Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 185 of the Distraction Pieces podcast, and I'm joined by an amazing guest. This is one of my favourite chats I've had. Um, I'm joined by Gus Khan, who is truly my brother. We recorded this at the end of last year, uh, just before Christmas, and it's a really good chat. I think it's a really important chat. The Some of the subjects that we go into are great. I mean, speaking of which... Thank you for the huge re- reaction to uh, the first two podcasts of the year, uh, Paloma Faith last week um, and Lena Heady the week before. The love that that uh, Lena Heady podcast got and the Paloma one, but the Lena one where we discuss some some heavy subjects. The reaction's been absolutely amazing. They're they're tough subjects, and there's always going to be they're always going to be a tough one to tackle. How you handle it? I know I, I'm always n- nervous talking on things that. I've kind of not experienced as a white male as such. So there can be points where, you know, I, I know in them situations I'll often, if I feel the guest is in an uncomfortable area, I'll ramble on and try and veer around to another area that's more comfortable. But, you know, you're always at risk of, of misreading those signs and thinking someone's uncomfortable and changing the subject when you don't need to. Anyway, the reaction to how it was all handled has been absolutely amazing so thank you for that i should mention that this week's podcast is brought to you by speech as ever now last year was a hell of a year for speech the merch that you guys bought the records that you bought the cds that you bought the music you bought the dvds that you bought obviously we're in january now so to say sales have dropped is a hell of an understatement um <laughs> but that's fine it's january but what i would say is a few of you are probably being paid about now and if you've been enjoying the podcasts um feel free to head over there there's distraction pieces mugs and t-shirts and there's obviously all my merch all sorts of merch there from woolly hats to scarves and stuff like that for in the winter there's my live edinburgh fringe dvd and loads of good stuff I'll also mention before we get onto the podcast, my club night returns this coming weekend, January 27th. Yeah, it's very exciting at the book club. I'm joined by Don Letts, who is a legit legend. Uh, so that's exciting. It's at the book club on Saturday, the 27th. I'll be there. The hardcore listing guys will be there. I'll be playing. I'll be spinning tunes in a rubber lizard mask it'll be a lot of fun i want as many of you to come down as possible come along if you, if you want to put your name on the guest list send names to info at the trash um i would have posted that on my socials somewhere um but yeah on to this week's guest gus khan is the writer and creator and star of one of the hits r- r- recently on the on the bbc man like mobin when we recorded this i'd not watched it yet I've since watched it and it's amazing, particularly episode four was perfect. It's hilarious. Um, it came out on iPlayer um, end of last year, like when we made this, and then it's been so popular, it's now been brought onto BBC One. So if you've not caught it, it's on iPlayer still, so check it out. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's just hilarious. I really enjoyed it. Obviously, we'll talk about it more in the podcast. Um, also, Guz is my cohort in the upcoming Walk Like a Panther, which comes out in um, March 8th, I believe. And the trailer for that has gone up, and me and Gaz are in, in the trailer. 
So he's a great dude, and it's a great chat. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to tell you about before we get into this. Um, I, sh- I, c- I could mention the next week's guest is is Vicky McClure, who's a legit legend. Yeah. Who else? If you've enjoyed, if you enjoy, if this is your first time l- listening, I think we mentioned. I can't remember if we mentioned before we recorded or after. We talk a little bit about Riz Ahmed. I've had him on the podcast. Check him out. Um, had loads of good comedians like Stuart Lee, Josie Long. Catherine Ryan, Ashlyn B, Brett Goldstein, some great people. So, if you enjoyed this episode, then go and check those guys out. Um, but for now, I'll let you jump into episode 185 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the one and only man like Gus Khan. Detector test about to bro. What is going on, Pip? Just keeping an eye. Pip, what's going on, bro? Well, <laughs> I've <laughs> I've begun, and I'm joined by Gus Khan. How you doing, man? Pip, my broski, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad um, you allowed me to speak to your people and <laughs> and, and schedule some time to talk to you, <laughs> bro. Don't mug me off like that. I would have come and linked you in a car park. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what this level of organisation going on. So for those that aren't aware. Currently, there's Lena sitting in the yep. corner. She's just keeping an eye on things. I feel who's got the police on speed dial, brother. It feels she's, very... She's put out a plate of biscuits and, and grapes. There's water. There's everything on offer. But I'm not... Yeah. I like it. But no, I was, I was, I was mocking you, you for it last night because we'd discussed it and you'd mentioned it. Obviously, you've got a lot of promo on at the moment. So often it is easiest for things to be, be, be lined up with teams and that. But I was thinking on the way here, this is perfect... For you, and it makes me think of Kate Tempest, who I've I've known for years and years, and I genuinely think the reason she had this appearingly overnight success is because she got some people to organise her shit, and 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 you know wow. we spent a good a few months together on a film, and I know that sometimes you're a little bit late, and sometimes you know you're, <laughs> you're, but you're putting it all out the there. Car. No, yeah, but that's what I like. That's why I was like, that's 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 good because it's I don't know. Uh, for some people, it's key to be able to put all your focus on the artistic side of things and creating and stuff like that and not have to worry about... I mean, let's also, let's not ignore, you've got a family and shit to deal with as well. So you've got you've got a life to deal with and the creative side. So as, as much as I was, I was joking with you about it, I was dead pleased to see these people really organised and really on it because it's like, right, that means the most can be made of of what you're doing, of your ideas and all that kind of thing. So, so how is that? You know, plugging into a team as such. It's still surreal. Like yeah. I'm, I'm walking around and people are asking me mad questions and I'm still so detached from like, you know me, bro. Yeah, we've yeah. spent enough time together. Yeah, yeah. I'm away with the fairies and I'm, and then I zone back in. It's like, and, and your next point is at two, three. I'm like, bro, I don't what is What's this? What's going on? Can I just see Pip and then let's call it, a, <laughs> let's call it a day. You're putting a lot of pressure on me. Bro, the, the whole, the whole thing is mad surreal. But like you said, in terms of, because I'm so new to this. Yeah. Just go through this process. Like I, I understand even from like the people who are around me, like this guy needs to be told, be here at this time. Yeah. Otherwise it's highly likely that he's going to be in footlock somewhere trying on sneakers 
they shouldn't be trying lunch. You get what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And that I know how like, we're opposites. Like, I, I, I know, I know what time your next appointment is. That's why this is going to end on time and be accurate. I know that you're not going to have a clue. I don't I've, know. Made, I've made note of this stuff. I'm like, I'll cover this. I'll make sure I've spoken to Lena. I've said we're going to be exactly an hour. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. I like that. But, but let's give that background then. We met um, filming earlier. Oh, when this comes out, it'll be last year. But early 2017 on, on a film called A Walk Like a Panther, which I think both of us, we didn't really know what to expect because we were quite a last minute castings on it and yeah. i believe in the original pilot or the original mini version our character was was one person and then they liked us both and made and two terrys yeah, yeah so it's kind of it was quite a last minute thing and i think we both were really pleased that you me and neil yeah fitzmorris just kind of hit it off and just had every every day was kind of a bit of a mess about and a laugh. Bro, I mean, for, for me, the big thing is like, you always uh, be new to it. I always want to check who I'm working with. And yeah. for, for yourself, uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to gas you now. I thought you were dope from, from day. You got what I mean? Like, <laughs> which, is, which is which is nice because you, you come in and you think, right, this guy's dope. And so I was trying to keep it a bit professional. Yeah, yeah, and then with Neil, uh, just his involvement in Phoenix Nights yeah. as a comedy phenomenon, someone who just, myself loves comedy, I was thinking, right, oh, this is dope. But then you still have that apprehension, like, uh, are these cats going to be vibes? How do I behave? Because, bro, for me, and I'm, I'm not sure you said, that was like the first, I mean, that's Hollywood level thing there, bro. That's yeah. going to be on, yeah. that's going to be in the cinemas. So I'm just thinking, what? How? I'm going to be myself, but is there etiquette? Is there, do you know what I mean, bro? Just trying to get, go through all these basic things. And knowing particularly with a thing like that where, it's such an ensemble cast as well. Like everyone on set, I recognised. But it's one of them weird yeah. ones. If I looked at this, is gonna this isn't a, this in any way. It's my ignorance. But I looked at the cast sheet and thought I know a couple of them names. Yeah, I got there and I genuinely knew every face. And that was that kind of fear of well, again, we're both brand new to this, so they're going to have bags of experience. Yes, yeah. are we going to put our foot in our mouth or or, or do something wrong? But Honestly, I thought everyone was absolutely golden. Bro, every, everybody we met from day one was, they, they were just dope. But yeah. I think going back to that point that you just said, for the fact that when we first met, it was like, yeah, this is kind of our first thing like yeah. this. I automatically felt, bruv, I've got someone to bounce off. You get what I mean? Pips, Pips here. He'll be learning. <laughs> I'll be learning. And it, it, for me personally, that, set up and the fact that we were working together so closely yeah that put me in like raw i'm in the right space yeah do you know i could be myself i think if it makes a huge huge difference right? I, I kind of it's going to sound odd but the, the thing i had done before on my first day i was paired up with stephen graham and intimidated because he's a legend and the first day we sparked and it was the same on, on panther because there was and again it's worth oh, oh worth highlighting the script was amazing and what got me on board yeah, yeah. but the beauty of Dan directing it was he let us improvise. I'd I'd say up to seventy percent of our stuff was improvised in that. In in the end, like there was a lot where it was like, oh, we need to do this extra scene. Yeah, uh, let's figure it out. And that started on the first day. Us stood on and again, weirdly, our scene was the first scene, or one of our scenes was the first scene of the whole film shot. Yeah. So we had this first day of I don't know. I guess we benefited from it was everyone's first day. So we got to be there and all be kind of nervous around each other, but go, oh, everyone's all right. 
And yeah, we had each other to bounce off in that way. Bro, and I, you know, looking back on it, if I was to assess it for me, I would think that the fact that we were so new yeah. was of massive benefit. I think if I knew the game, like, I, I remember speaking to other people like, oh, bro, make sure you might just do the lines, yeah? Just do the lines are on the page because yeah, yeah. Just shut your mouth, do what's on the page. But straight away, we were improving, going over each other's sentences. And I think for for Neil as well, who's kind yeah. of like the the leader of our gang, essentially, he clicked on with that. And then as soon as I knew he was vibes in, I was like, right, this is this is good. I mean, that's a a great point. It took that first day of Neil being like, oh, this is working, and improvising. Yeah. Are with us to give me the confidence at least to think oh we can get away with this because he he's one of the it's, it, it is an odd one because I think we had that that freedom potentially because it is an older cast like it's it a is. story of, yeah. of, of retired wrestlers and Stevie is is the, is the young lad in it and we're obviously a younger than Stevie so I think it, it meant that because we're the two characters that were two of the the younger ones I guess it they they kind of thought oh you know they know what's what work or what people will like there you gave go. us that slight freedom which yes. was amazing and scary for me because you come f- from comedy and I don't I've come from a working class situations where you're all joking and laughing and making your mates laugh yeah, but yeah. not as a professional so that was kind of nice that there was a few bits that we just improvised that that hit and then it was just had that that faith, right? But, bro, I think the big thing that you just mentioned there is that even when I went for the casting of that, yeah. you have the perception of like, oh, this guy does comedy. But by no stretch of the imagination uh, do, do I think I'm like a comedy guy. I think I'm yeah. exactly like you, which is why I think we spot. Like in yeah. terms of when you're when you're having conversation with somebody, a lot of the stuff that our characters brought to the screen were very like real, like daft, silly. Yeah. I totally get that. And I think... When I was when I was watching Fitzy or some of the other performers and stuff, you could say, like, "Oh yeah, they're sick," you know, like they're, yeah. bro, they're trained and these men have got ring yeah. time. They, they know what they're doing. Whereas for me, I think the reason why it works so well is that we both from that. Though I've, I've picked up a microphone and done comedy on stage, I still feel very raw in myself. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a for me it was a huge benefit. Like, right, this, this kid's like me. My, my my highlight of. Of the whole year, I think, or, or at least the most I've laughed in a long time was on one of our last days and we weren't even shooting and we were sitting at the back in a wrestling arena thing. Yeah, yeah. And I won't say what we looked up on my phone, but we looked up a previous gig of, of, of one of the, the members of crew and we were just in tears. We almost had to leave because they're trying to film and it was a scene where people are cheering and that, but we were just, it had got to that point of feeling like we're just, messing about in class if you know what I mean Do you know it, it felt like we're at the back of the class just having a laugh which helped when it came to our scenes even on that day I think yeah, it yeah, was yeah, like, right, we've got loose we've been messing about and now they're like now go and do your bit do you know what I mean it felt I, bro it, felt it, tra- it translated 100% and I I think I, I've still got that in my head yes. do you remember we was looking at we was giving my man screw faces like blood this is weird like yeah. I, I'm like partially offended but way more than offended like bruv that's dope <laughs> how is, how, anyway I don't even know if you can mention that but it was it was very funny but I think bro like you said that epitomised like some people within acting and comedy it gets mad serious and I yeah. get it it's a it's a business and people mm-hmm. are 
people are putting money into things and but Completely. bro for for me in my personal life, vibes are so important yeah. if you're laughing you are inevitably going to have a good time and of course there's direction around that yeah. and and you know uh, we we were told sometimes maybe when to pull it back when yeah. to go and you know we took that direction but beyond that bro like vibes and good times i don't think you can i don't think you can there's nothing for me but i've written as well i don't think there's anything you can write that will ever exceed the moment do you know yeah. what i mean yeah i get you and i think it's got to be the right project and tone as well because mm. that that vibe worked perfectly for the tone of that film yeah there yeah, were yeah. points i was like is this is this going to be good because we seem to be all having far too much fun yeah, yeah. for this to be work do, do you know what i mean but it, it is that's the tone of the film so mm. it, it feels okay so yeah I, co- I completely agree that having that comfort of everyone. And there wasn't anyone that I, or at least when we were there, that had any kind of conflict or... And do you know what I mean? You get that in, in projects all the time. That's not that anyone's good or bad. It's just you get that because it's the nature of it, situations. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there wasn't a single a, a one in this. Everyone was just having a laugh and messing around. But if you know what the thing is, though, like, I think... A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, this project was was terrible for these reasons. Not the one we worked on, but yeah, in general, yeah, when they're when yeah, yeah. when they're doing bits, 100%. and I kind of feel like maybe that might that ha- might happen to us at some stage. Yeah, but the nature of who we are as people, like, brother, can we just vibes here? I completely. Do you get agree. what I mean, I, Pete? I had that in, Let's I did a film in, in in France after after Panther, and we got called in early one day, and we weren't used. Me and a couple of other guys, we weren't used for. For four or five hours, and they were like, "This is just unacceptable." And I was sitting there thinking, "I've been paid to work in factories, bro. I'm I'm being paid to sit here on my phone or on my iPad or read it." Real, bro. Yeah, it would be great if we could have had another hour in bed or whatever else. But still, you know they're paying us, right? And again, it's not neither of us are at the level where we're going to be getting these huge fees, but we're still getting paid to be there. And I've still worked in. JD Sports in Pizza Hut in factories in all sorts of other stuff that I'm like I'm not that bothered that we've had to wait for four or five hours I've got really good at Angry Birds Um, (laughs) I think I might be I don't know if there's a professional (laughs) tournament that you can enter but I think I'm you're potentially there and yeah I was paid to do that that it it blows my mind that that or, or, or let's let's flip it the other way it's exciting to meet other people who have that same outlook and that's what worked on this project everyone seemed just just hyped to be there even I had him on the podcast, but Chris Fairbank. Yeah. There was a load of points where he was having to wait around for hours and hours, and he's been in Aliens, The Fifth Element. He's in, a real deal, bro. Everything. Yeah. And, you know, he's not a young man. So well, yeah. equally, it's like he's... But he was just pleased to be there and chatting to everyone and telling stories and holding court. And, yeah. He was dope. You know what, bro? What I, what I do wonder is, is the game that we're, we're in now, yeah. both of us. How many people who have done that? And I, I, I don't mean like tokenistically, because obviously you can be from any demographic and have mm-hmm. had to go and work and do a nine to five, yeah, whatever. Of course. But I mean like genuinely working class youths from it. Like how yeah. many? I I feel personally from what I've seen, there isn't that many. And I, for me, like even now, if I was to, when I say to my old dear mom, this is what I do. My mom was like, "You put that a job, like yeah, it's hold on a minute, but." But, but where where's the job? And yeah. I'm like, no, I like actually being in front of the camera. She can't understand it. She's like, right, you've got an easy life, you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and I think those things will, 
for me personally, always keep me in that space where, yo, we have got it. Pip, we've got it good, bro. And I, I, I think it's important. It's, it's, it's something that you and I talk about a lot is that like, I think that what you're doing with your new TV show and with your comedy and everything like that, it's exciting for, from a, a mate point of view, but it's important because it's showing people. And, and this goes to Noel Clark and Bashy and all these other guys yeah. who have allowed kids from working class areas to know that it's an option, which it wasn't previously. If you went to a posh school, you're, you're literally told the world is yours. You can do absolutely anything. If you've not been in that situation, it's kind of, I mean, we've all, I guarantee been to schools where there's um, a career advisor who's like, not for you, mate. Pigeonhole on your ghost. Here's what you want to do, and and, yeah, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. And that, I understand that it's it's um it's it's raining in expectation. It's it's getting realism in at an early age. But equally, the world is the, 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 that open now that it should be anyone's opportunity. And I think it's it, it's what's important with the way you've done it as well. Like you were saying, you don't particularly see yourself as this experienced comedy guy as such, but it's because you've not done it in the. Tri- traditional away you've kind of you've stayed in Birmingham right you've stayed in the Midlands you've not done again even just five years ago it would be heavily implied that if you're a comedian you need to move into London you need to play at this open mic you need to do a fringe show here and get the BBC to see it and stuff like that and that's not what you've done so tell me a bit about your kind of what 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 was your upbringing in Birmingham or in the Midlands and then what drew you through to comedy? Yeah, I think for for me going all the way back, um, if I try and like analyse, where did this come from? I was surrounded by very funny women. So I was raised by my mum and two sisters. Yeah. Um, and they were like, they were my focus point. And they used to put it on, man. When I used to muck around, I'd get beats. When I, the, the, whole, the whole shebang. So that kind of conditioning of... Uh, how to be a dude, how to be a man, a lot of it came through like the humour that they took. I used to look at them. Yeah. So these are three strong females, but in and amongst their character was so many like, at the time we were talking like late 80s, 90s, so many traditional male, you know, you, you view as male qualities. Yeah. They were boisterous, they were loud, they were, no, you know, all these things that you wouldn't necessarily associate specifically with like a Pakistani family. So they were a bit of an anomaly. Them three yeah. were a glitch in the matrix. Yeah. Big up Shandy it. and my sisters and that. So for me, my comedy started from there. I remember, I, 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 I love that. And not to interrupt, I do, I get excited and interrupt sometimes, but it yeah, instantly yeah. made me think of the things like that that are around you and, just no one ever told you that that's that's performing or yeah. that's an art form. And, and polar bear, not again. He's a he's he's a brummy poet. He's one of the most successful p- poets in 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 the UK. And he just stopped because he's writing novels now. And he's but I always remember doing gigs of him, and people would say, "Oh, your poetry's amazing." And he'd be like, "If that's what if that's what you want to call it, cool." Because his yeah. thing was, I just tell stories, and my nan used to tell stories in the kitchen, and she'd hold court, and she'd have these stories that I'd hear them. 10 times in a year and they'd get better and better and she'd get tighter at telling it and she'd know the pauses and she'd know when to build it. And it's like, it's like, that's all I do. But you, you posh people in London are telling me it's poetry and it's, it's literature and this and that. And it was like, well, cool. I appreciate that. Like not disregarding it. It's nice, but I'm just doing what I'd see my family do. But, but my nan wasn't a poet. My nan was someone who told stories in the kitchen. You know, I, I, and you, it feels like a similar uh, 
thing there with the strong women it, in your family. Exactly the same thing. Like especially that term you use, like holding court. Yeah, I used to, you know, you talk about. I just remember when I was a kid, uh, and, and my old man passed away when I was very young, and so the traditional route was like, oh, if you're an, uh, an immigrant Asian woman, yeah. you need to get yourself married. Yeah. You got two young daughters. You got a three year old son. You need that stability. And my old day from day was like, nah, you're all right, you know. I did the husband thing. It was a bit long, I'm not going to lie. She's like, no, yeah. I was like, I did that. It's long. And so she bucked the narrative. And Love I think it. when I look back, I always think, yo, just that fearless element, yeah. so much comes from her. Like she, yeah. she taught it to my two older sisters who are quite a bit older than me, 10 years older than me, 10, 11 years older. But from that early age, my mum was just like, boom, this is me. I love that. I did, I did a birthday special of this. The first year I had a birthday and... I had an episode with my mum and an episode with my dad. And the thing I wanted to talk to my mum about was exactly that, was was when they split up, she was like, I'm good. And and, and she did things to teach herself that she was all right. She'd, yeah. she'd make a thing of, I need to go out for dinner on my own, like once a month, yeah. just so I know it's okay. And I don't need to get a man to sit with. And I need to go on holiday on my own, just yeah. so I know it's okay, so I don't have to have a man to go on holiday with. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. shit like that's inspirational. Uh, right for anyone not for a daughter or a son for any human to see that and go all oh, right we we're, we're all right on our own if we need to be but i i think I, I, partly I'm, maybe that's that's why we vibe so much but i just feel that when you are surrounded by that mentality yeah it gives us the impetus to for me i'm guessing yourself want to achieve because i'm looking if we yeah. look at our moms in yeah. the times that we're talking about, we're not, it's 2017, times are very different. Go yeah, back, a, yeah. go, this is two decades ago, them like, you know, just throwing up a big middle finger to society and saying, yeah, nah, no, I'm, I'm going to do it my own way. Yeah. Bruv, like, invaluable, invaluable, bruv. I also think it, it, it <laughs> this is just a big l- a l- a loving, but one of the things I also enjoyed was, and you don't always get this on sets, that we were comfortable at the end of the day to say, cool, I'm going to my room to eat, I'll see you later. Do, do you know what I mean? You'll get a lot of sets that are like, oh, we're all going to eat together, and it's like, just went all day together, man. I, I'm, I'm comfortable on my own. I don't need to be surrounded by people. And there was a few points where uh, we had an evening off. Yeah, yeah. And it was clear. I was like, I've got some things I want to watch. And you had some football you wanted to watch or wanted to do. And we were like, I'll see you in the morning, yeah? Yeah, cool. And it didn't feel like it was any kind of blow off. It's like, oh, no, right, Just jam, get, just refresh, get some time, you know? Yeah, yeah I love and, it. And it all felt so natural, bro, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so you, you grew up around these inspirational uh, uh, women and that, did did you feel a pressure to perform in that situation in 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 having these women who were f- f- funny and making jokes particularly as a young kid yeah you kind of you're going to want to make them laugh and going to want to be i want to do what they're doing and emulate that yeah i mean i mean totally for for me obviously growing up i was the youngest we've got quite a small family but amongst cousins and stuff i was the youngest guy so i suppose to get attention Either you do silly stuff, yeah, or you make people laugh. And I, I and I remember there's a specific point where it, I used to like just wear out a carpet doing bare like Michael Jackson moves, some funny, <laughs> man, bro, some funny maneuvers. I don't want to talk about it right now, but some funny maneuvers there. Yeah, bare like I made my own sparkly glove, and that man was going off Amazing. back in the day. I love it. And I, my, there was a pivotal moment. My sister, by one of my uncles, was given uh, an Eddie Murphy VHS. Of course. Bro, she popped it in. Now, I, I, obviously, the material when you watch it back now, it's like yo, flipping it. Like yeah. that's some, that's some outrageous stuff that's being said. Yeah. But at the time, I remember watching this guy, and he must have been. He was he was young himself at the time. So in his twenties. Yeah, he? I remember watching him thinking, look how much 
joy he's bringing. And I'm used to my old dear in in a family setup or at work when I used to, she used to have to take me along to work because there was no one else to look after me. Yeah. And how she'd make people laugh and what that would do. What was yeah. her standing when she was making people laugh? People, she'd get like a respect, like yeah. she'd get respect from that. So for me coming up uh, in the end, it's either swing it out, have a punch up, yeah. be silly or, or make people laugh. So for a very young age, it's like, yeah, like, let me just, let me just make people laugh. And that's interesting because it's realising the importance of, of that, of, of entertainment and comedy in the arts, yeah. which again, particularly in working class situations, it can be overlooked because it is, it's, it's, it's not, a, it's not a real job. It's not a proper job. But yeah. if you've seen Eddie Murphy stand there and this stadium full or, or theatre f- full of people at that time, I guess, just l- lighting up rather than just the five people in your kitchen or the yeah. 20 people at work. It's like, that's cool, but it's just light entertainment to see, oh, actually this person has taken, you know, a few hundred people who've probably had a rough week and worked really hard. Yeah. And he's made them forget about it, and that's important as well. That's 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 important as as working in in this factory or doing this or providing that. It's 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 a yeah, it's another valid service, right, and a valid career path, I guess. Yeah, it, and it's it's weird, bro. How you mentioned the perception, and I, and I said it earlier on, is still like, oh my god, that's a that's that's something you can make a living out of. Mm-hmm. It's weird. The working classes, I think, if they. If you move away that mentality of, no, mate, work is graft, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Then yeah. you can actually engage in that and make it, and, and, and make it work. And I think all these things are being utilized, uh, but the face of things are changing, you know? Yeah. The, the face of things are changing most definitely is what I feel. Yeah, completely. And so, I mean, the other thing that I think is, is, is important with the path that you've taken is the showing that that stuff is important and that stuff can be done and it can be done. A, yourself that a lot of your stuff has come up through social media and through making hype and making comedy yourself rather than again traditionally it might be said you either have to get in 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 the in the footlights or you need to do a fringe show and get this attention the thing that got major attention for for, for you was boycott jurassic world (laughs) Which is fantastic. And can you explain, because there's certain words in that, that even though we're boys, I don't feel comfortable saying what the misinterpretation well, was, but you go ahead, sir. I mean, it's, it's a genuine dinosaur. So, so, yeah, I know. I mean, a backstory is the genuine So, for me, I remember sitting... So, it's the pachyosaurus. It's where you... Had you already been doing the moving a character, or...? I think what had happened is I'd done, I'd done something uh, that Fox News had contributed about Birmingham being a Muslim-only right. yeah, city. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was raw mad. And the thing is, I had a couple of friends in the States at the time. Yeah. And I remember like, that coming oh, out really? of the story and it just being, what? But because it's scary. Like, here in the UK, we laughed it off and people were like, you are mad. Whereas there are people in the States and thinking, so wow, it. that is amazing. That's unbelievable. You guys yeah. have your own your own city. That you- it's unbelievable. Bro, it's it's Birmingham, blood. That's, yeah. <laughs> Bro, for us, he's like, that's, that's B-Town. Yeah. That is one of the most multicultural, diverse cities 100%. in the UK yeah. for for the arts, for music, for for the whole shebang. Yeah. So I did the character, and then this was like I should have been uh, <laughs> planning schemes of work, but I went with my best mate Lumbo, and I goes, "Let's just go watch the movie." Mad childhood memories. We yeah. watched it, and a lot of the stuff that took place. I remember in the movie as soon as the the, the hit line was, she goes, "The packages are out of containment." 
Yeah. I was like, bless. <laughs> I, said, no, I, said, I said, I beg your pardon, babes. <laughs> For clarity, again, it's the Pachyosaurus. And, but again, it's that translation that they literally do say the Pachys are out of containment. Is they it? do and, say that. And it's you then did this character pretending to be outraged at the racism of Jurassic World and pu- pushing for a boycott of Jurassic World. And it was just perfectly observed, particularly of a time, because it's, it's making light of something. It's highlighting the, 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 the delicacy of language. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's also highlighting how stupid we all are at boycott this or boycott that because, this, because of the smallest thing, you know. <laughs> I always remember this guy. He was like, too, I was vocal and I was like, God damn. Nobody can hear that. And there was, there was a guy a couple of chairs away and he said, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, because the Bro, beautiful part, well, you, you will have done that and there would have been a lot of people um, of, of, of of varying tones of your skin colour or yeah, close yeah, to your yeah. skin colour cracking up at it. Yeah. And, but there will be a few people close to my skin colour going, that is quite outrageous, isn't it? How can they let that slip? How can they let that... And it's that madness that it's... The people who shouldn't be being offended are the ones who don't realise that it's yeah. so absurd that it's a joke. Mad. And there will have been some that were like, oh, have you heard? Again, and, and again, have you heard? Rather than have you seen, <laughs> people, just one person has done a video, like Fox saying Birmingham's a Muslim, a completely Muslim city, rather than doing any research, just going, oh, that is outrageous. <laughs> it's out. I, it's I, I, and I still remember, like, going into school as a teacher the next day after that was was weird. And then I had to have those conversations. So uh, the kids, so the kids, let's highlight that. So you were a teacher at the times. Yeah. So you yeah. were doing comedy. I didn't. I didn't know the complete kind of timeline of it. So, so you were. Uh, what were you teaching? So I was humanities, history, geography, RE, yeah. and then a lot of behavioural unit. Stuff. Yeah, so yeah, the kids yeah. that the kids that struggled, I just I gravitated towards. Yeah, and it for me, I think what what school taught me, it kind of it kind of rebalanced everything in my head, and I realised basic issues that the kids are struggling with socially. Yeah, like their parents are struggling with it, and it's ten times as worse because yeah, the kids yeah. are still open to conversation. Yeah. Completely. So after I did this uh, clip pack, so there's a couple of kids running around like. Oh, packy, packy, packy. And I had to say, it's probably not appropriate that you say that. And the kids were like, yes, sir, but you just put Thoros on it. So what's the difference? And it was, it was weird in that moment. I was thinking, wow, something that you pop out on the internet that you don't give a second thought to, because it was all yeah. just improv on the spot. Yeah. Look at the impact that, yeah. that it, that it then has. And like you were saying, I was still a full-time teacher at the time. So I got called into a meeting like, Mr. Khan, I don't think this is appropriate entirely. Funny. But yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. think it's appropriate. And I was like, I completely agree. Don't sack me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, kiss the feed here, please. You know, so I went, I went through, I went through that whole process. But like you said, I was still juggling this toes in the water of comedy yeah. and still full time secretary teacher dealing with kids who would come up to me and be like, Mr. Khan, I'm pregnant. Mr. Khan, uh, I'm, I'm getting beaten up at home. Mr. Khan, I'm being bullied. Mr. Khan, I'm not sure about my sexuality. And it, it taught, bro. Like, it's a, it, for me, it's like a blessing in my head because how I stumble into comedy, I was being distracted by real life. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because would you would you like to come and do some stand up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this kid that I really care about, yeah, 
has got major problems. So I, I wasn't, do you know what I mean? I wasn't even yeah. thinking about comedy, bro. It, real life mattered. Do you feel the comedy and, I don't know, I guess, I don't know what, where you were teaching, but do you feel you had, because you were a younger teacher and if they knew you did comedy and things like that, do you think it gave you a credibility that made kids more comfortable to come to you maybe than an older teacher or an older headmaster or anything else? Which, again, particularly just I remember you mentioning oh, when we are filming about the kind of the speciality kind of the, 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 the kids that needed special attention. Yeah. It feels in that situation, being comfortable dropping a level of self-awareness will allow you to relate to kids like that a lot more because you can just go... Right, let's just go wherever it needs to go. Do you know what I mean? Not not being too aware of, I'm I'm the teacher, I'm this and that. You can get literally on their level and sit down and be like, oh, "What's going on? Let's let's get into this." Like 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 I mentioned, teaching taught me so much, and I think the thing is from from day one, I've always had this thing about just just kind of be yourself. Yeah. And the warnings that you get when you're training as a teacher, there's this just whack old saying, which is when you start at a new school. Don't smile until Christmas. And that always used to hit me. So these people are teaching yeah. you how to control, become part of the life of these young people, tell you don't even smile at them yeah. for the yeah. first two times. And, bro, I could not get it in my head. Like, to make a difference in their lives, you have to make a human connection. Yeah. Completely. If I am purposefully hiding joy for yeah. some disciplinary reason, for... Some, some archaic version of I'm the authority figure in this room. Yeah. And I was looking around at classrooms that were chaotic. I was like, bro, that's why. Because you're not being, you're not being yourself. Yeah. The moment I stepped into classrooms was, I mean, linguistically was a, was a big help. So yeah. I had, I had colleagues who, you know, bless them in their mid fifties have done well, uh, started off working class, working class, you know, they've done all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They've cool. moved, they've moved on and up now. Yeah. When I walk into a room, there'd be a uh, two or three traveler brothers. Yeah. Um, there would be a, a kid that's just come from Somalia. There would be a kid that's come from Romania. And then there would be like a plethora of white working British class kids. The one thing that's going to unite them in my head was always, if they laugh, and I'm not like, I'm coming to do a stand-up set, but yeah. make that human connection, yeah. everyone's going to be in. And bro, that's what I, I did from day dot within teaching. Yeah. And it helped so much in terms of breaking down barriers, bringing people together, I know the teachers will frown on it like, Mr. Khan, I, I walked past your classroom. Yeah. There was quite a bit of giggling. And I was like, yeah, but did you come in and hear what they were giggling about? Yeah. Did you yeah. understand that we'd been discussing things like uh, same-sex marriages, uh, terrorism, racism? When you want to discuss these things and have people really express how they feel, they've got to be comfortable, bro. Yeah. You want to sit kids Literally. in the class, silent, get your pens out. We're going to discuss Martin Luther King today. Yeah. Like, how are you going to start... You, you have to be able to start a lesson with young people say, how do you feel about race? And hopefully the best case scenario is one kid says, fam, listen, I'm not really feeling black people, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. you start with a real genuine reference point and you build from there. Do you and know what I mean? That's, 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 that, uh, that's fantastic as a, as a microcosm on, on looking at the problems that, that we're having with all these discussions in society now is, is, is no one's allowed to snigger or laugh yeah. and things like that. And, Sometimes it is funny or weird. The first time I started to become aware of the idea of transgender, I was like, yes. that's weird. That's kind of weird. And the people can't see, but I'm saying that with a smile on my face. Like, yeah. Not in an aggressive or, but that's weird, man. How, how weird is that? They're, they're, they're a woman now. Yeah. 
But it's like that. That's okay. If if I'd instantly been told you're a, you're a horrible person for having that smile on your face, then that would cause me to have a negative reaction. Which in reality, the fact is now I've got loads of, of trans mates. I've got loads of straight mates, gay mates, all sorts. But it's because it was all comfortable to have these discussions. And go so. So, so how did that all work? And how did that get around in your head? Because it was a safe area to discuss it w- without judgment. And again, even the word safe area has become a tough word because that's now become a place where you can't discuss things at points, yeah. a place where no one's under any threat of anything offending. But being able to have them discussions, particularly with a comment, I hadn't realised that that video had gone up at the time, that's going to force you to have these conversations about censorship and about religion and race with young kids but starting from a point of laughter yeah which is an interesting one rather than starting from because again a lot of the time as a teacher it would probably come up to you because someone has been horrifically racist to someone or some poor kid's gone through something bad so it must have felt as awkward as it was a bit of a blessing to be able to discuss these topics (laughs) without it being some hideous thing that this kid called me this as he punched me do you know what I mean or whatever else it's like no it's coming from a Place of sniggering. You 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 remind, you remind me of two things. One of the most outlandish things that took place was somebody from the BBC came to visit me at school, and they said, "We've seen this video. Would you maybe like to do a short?" And I was between lessons. <laughs> and, amazing. And it was mad, and I was, you know me, bro. I wasn't really fair. I was like, "Okay, you gotta have these meetings because that's polite." That's why you. Yeah. And I remember a kid got referred into me whilst these two BBC folks were sitting there. And he got referred in and he was angry. And the teacher who referred him in said, he has just called somebody the N-word, right? So he came in my class and he was vexed. His kid sat down. I go, listen, I'm going to come to you in a minute. Finish this conversation. He's like, nah, sir, I ain't having it. I go, what happened? What? First of all, I know you. Yeah. I know you're not racist. This is very yeah. important to say because yeah. I think people automatically get sensitive like, oh, he said that he's a racist. Mm-hmm. He is the 15-year-old kid yeah. who has very many black friends, who has very many age friends. He is, something has triggered him in the heat of the moment to say something very stupid. Yeah. So I sat there. And when I said to him, why did you say that word? He said, sir, you know my history. I goes, I do know your history. He goes, sir, them man have been sitting at back of class now. And them man are saying, you look like David Cameron. Yeah? The BBC people are like, should we go? I was like, nah, you're going to stay here. Bro, his <laughs> trigger point, his this. trigger point was the cuss from the back of the room was these kids would be like, yo, David Cameron, your face is bare shit. And it said it, they said it for an hour. That for me, I automatically started, started cracking. Yeah. And I know what was on the table. It was an inappropriate yeah. word being said. But for him, he was fuming. He goes, sir, you know how man sensitive about that? Yeah. I've been to school counselor because I don't like getting called David Cameron. You understand? Bro, this is, and for me, in that moment, those two people sitting there, they were like, oh, my God. Like, it, that's a snapshot of real life. Yeah. What's real life? Real life Absolutely. is you can say these things and do these When you're a young person, the way you learn is you talk about it. Yeah. So I got the other boys in. I said, boys, how many times? You know he's sensitive about being called David Cameron, which is funny. I was trying to keep a straight face. Yeah. And then yeah. they were quiet. Yeah, but man looks like David Cameron. I was like, yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. And that's what made him snap. You know, just that conversation point, bro. Yeah. It's so important. People miss out on that. I completely agree. And it's, it, it's, I, I, I've, I've learned in recent years a little softening on my stance on censorship. Because for a long time, I was like, no, nah, I ain't into censorship. It's all language. It's all this. It's all that. And I think as Joe, Joe Rogan was saying, 
he realised that censorship sh- shouldn't be taking place once kids are at a point to be able to have a discussion like that and understand it, understand context. Yeah. Like when you're at a, an age where you can understand context, then it should be a choice. I believe you should learn every word and if you want to y- y- use it, you suffer the consequences or so on and so forth. And at that point, them kids are old enough to sit down and realize, and talk about how bizarre it is that David Cameron has, <laughs> in that world, in that classroom, That's has become as offensive as the N-word. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the most feared word in, 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 in all of Western world. Um, <laughs> what is that, bro? You know what? For, for me, just remembering back on it, like you just described it perfectly there, in that classroom, at that moment, everybody in the room knew you are going to trigger this cat yeah. If you say it, yeah. you keep saying it. Yeah. Now his mum looks like David Cameron. You look like your mum still because your mum looks like David Cameron yeah. as well. Yeah. Bruv, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at this thinking, I know why he snapped. Boys, you know why he snapped. Can we just clean this up? Yeah. Boom, shake hands there, minor. Word was never said again. That child is not raised. It was just in that moment that took place. And unfortunately, school's a weird place. We get two kids that punch each other in the face. Yeah. In the real world, you'd be arrested because that's assault. We've had two kids batter each other, sit them down in the room. Boys, can can we sort this out? Yeah, yeah sorry, fam. Yeah, I apologise. Yeah, on with your lives. It's Do you understand what I mean? Like in, completely in, in that in that moment, they've learned so much more than reprimand straight yeah. away. And and, and 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 that's exciting to hear because even if that's that's one classroom in one term, yeah, it's important because I think something our generation struggles with at the moment is nuance. Yeah. And I think you've nailed it there that. Saying the N-word doesn't necessarily make you racist. It's not acceptable. Absolutely not In acceptable. no way is it saying, oh, go ahead. It's not acceptable, but it's not the same. There's yeah. different, it's different uh, levels. A racist and someone who said something in the heat of the moment, that, again, it's, it's getting that clear. And, and, and we've seen it, I've talked about it a few times. We've seen it with a lot of the, of, of the sex allegations and, yeah. and, and charges recently that I don't, Netflix's action was to remove a Kevin Spacey and it had the same reaction to Louis C.K. Now, I think as a, a 50-year-old man or however old Louis is, asking a woman if you can strip naked and masturbate in front of them and then doing so is weird. It's creepy. It's hella it's weird. It's wrong. It's not hella on. weird, bro. I don't think it's the same as abusing allegedly a 14-year-old child and a 15-year-old child. Yeah. I don't put them on the same level, yet the reaction is the same because we have to be now. They're evil. Remove all of their stuff from Netflix, yep. from this or that. I don't think it's the same. And I think when we lose those nuances, as much as we put extra cordial in, in Louis C.K.'s glass of sin, we're watering down a Kevin Spacey's glass of sin at, at the same time. Like we're taking one from the other. They, they're leveling. If we're, if they're going to be level, we have to be diluting one to strengthen the other. Yeah. And that's what's, what's wrong for me. And I think that, that as weird as that sounds, that sums up what you did in the classroom there of going, look, I've got to deal with this. He's used the N word. That's a big deal. But is this 15 year old a racist? Do we, do we <laughs> straight away label him? Yeah. As a child who is racist, yeah. that is clearly from a race. And there are children who are racist, who have come from that family, and come from that background, and that has to be treated in a different way. And, you know, it, again, it's 
it's not a, a black mark that can't be removed. Yeah. It's something... Oh, they'd hate a black mark, wouldn't but, they? Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's something that can be developed and, and worked on. And But again, it's, it's finding the, those nuances, which it's exciting to hear, even if it's just one class, that class will have, have learned about those nuances because yeah. of them conflicts and how you handled them. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people of our generation can't get their heads around that. A lot of people will hear this and say that I've defended a, a Louis C.K. Yeah. Mate... I That's into not, old men is, getting naked and masturbating in front of women, out. even if they ask politely. <laughs> I, uh, that, that makes it almost w- a w- a weirder in many ways. I'm not. Do you know what? Do you know what on that point though, Pip? Uh, slightly, slightly separate issues. Yeah. But you mentioned Louis C.K., yeah. arguably one of the most popular stand-up comedians on the face of the planet. I when mean, it comes to stand-up comedy, brilliant at what I'm he does. I'm going to throw up one of the funniest. Yeah, exactly that. I, I had this <laughs> d- d- discussion online today that I don't think what he's done makes his comedy any less. Are funny. It makes me want to watch it less. Yeah, but that's kind of that's that's why I don't necessarily agree on the Netflix thing because it's like, well, just l- l- leave it there and let less people watch it. Would it bro- let people make that choice and decision? Do you know what I mean? Rather than put it in the same same basket. Bro, the biggest thing is from a morality stance point, we're removing material from these people because they're immoral. Great, yeah. thumbs up. But we full well know the way that the game works when Louis C.K in a year's time or two years' time, comes back with his stand-up special. Yeah. A Netflix, a Facebook, whoever it is, will jump at the opportunity, throw money at it, because there will be a huge amount of money to be made. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, 100%. It's it's just tick box exercises. If you're really against that, then you ostracise the person because this is what they've done. But we know when Louis C.K. drops a new special and says, I would like $60 million for this, they're aware that people are like, let me see what this so-called former offender did the market is there to be made to money to be made and i think more people just need to focus on their own business yeah you know what i mean it, I, I genuinely i yeah i feel if you're disgusted then don't watch it and i'm i'm, I'm not up for watching any any louis ck at the moment even though i'm a massive i have previously been a massive fan i don't feel comfortable with it now but I'm not telling anyone else if they can or can't watch it or it's, telling in anyone if they can screen it or what. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, it's an odd one. Bro, there's a big, there's a big difference between an individual taking a stance and saying, yeah. I'm not going to watch this person's material. Then there is a corporation who says we're removing it because we're disgusted by what this person does. But within 24 months, you're going to give them a platform again anyway. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean, Pip? Yeah, it's, it's a fallacy. It's not real anyway. Just like going back to the classroom when people are like, well, this is how I feel about this. Have you taken a moment to register and think and analyse? When it, on, on a quick one, when it comes to race, I am much more angered by adults who turn up at a, a far-right rally. Yeah. Because you're adults, you should have the reasoning, you're an adult, you, yeah. are, you are seated in your views because you've chosen to be a racist. Whereas a child who engages in this stuff, bro, the rules are completely different. Yeah. Completely different. Completely. Bro. But I mean, and uh, I think as well, uh, when we were filming was um, when the Manchester attack happened. Yeah. And you put a video up a little bit after that. And again, you addressed the the misconceptions and stuff eloquently. And because there was a lot of far-right backlash on that, you addressed it with humour and with, you know, intelligent defence, but addressed it in, I don't know, not in a damning how dare you, how dare this. It's like... This is stupid. Like, bro, what's going on? This is silly. It's, it's bro, And you know what? It's, again, back to that note of, all the way back to my childhood, knowing that humour uh, 
opens doors. Yeah. It allows people to be comfortable. Even on an issue like that, in terms of utilizing humor to get people to understand, let's come to 11 plane. Let's just be sensible for a second. Yeah. Just be sensible and analyze what's happened. Bro, the, I just feel the lines get so blurred. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The lines get so blurred. The, the people who tend to clique and congregate around, that could be a far right extremist. That could be a religious nut job. These people don't spend time with anybody else apart from those people. Not at all. You're going to live a sheltered ass life. You're going to be unhappy. You're going to have these views if you, if you don't integrate. And despite people saying, no, we're very multicultural. Yeah, we, we are multicultural, but bro, do I have numbers in my phone book where I know these men, they aren't going to leave the ends yeah. and integrate. Yeah. I know someone yeah. on their phone will be like, yeah, I, I, I know someone in Kent who's never had a Muslim friend before and yeah. not interested. Bruv, until you open dialogue, which is why school's beautiful. It's, it's a mini yeah. society when it's out every single time. Yeah. It forces people of all backgrounds and demographics to come together. And you get the craziness from that. But man. I had, I had a journalist on, on what would have been l- 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 last year now called, called Sawad McKennett, who yes. sat down with some of the heads of ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all wow. sorts of things. And she's an amazing woman. And one of the things that she said is the mistake that people make is that all of your friends have to have all the same beliefs as you. <laughs> and, 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 and that if we, if we mix cultures that we have to mix to one thing, it's like, no, you, you can live how you live and enjoy having an Indian or have it, yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? And, yeah, yeah. and enjoy having just or certain spices or or f- fabrics or anything else from all different cultures. You can just dip in and out of these things and and experience them. It doesn't have to be. Oh, we're trying to figure out what the final culture is. <clears throat> <laughs> what are we going to eat as the final culture? Because I really like pies, but I know I know my mate over there. He really likes this. It's like yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. that's not how it has to be. We can all exist. I loved it in 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 New, in, in New York recently. I, I said this to Jean Grey. I went for a forty five minute walk, and I started off feeling like I was in a, a Nas video, and then I felt like I was in a Match Yahoo video, and then I ended up in a Yeah Yeah Yeahs video. Oh. And it was just so such a mix of cultures who kind of had their strips and areas that were very much kept to how they like it, but. They're all walking in and out. Like, there's no barrier. It's just these cultures are there and you can drift in and out as you wish. And that, that felt beautiful to me. You know, the big thing on that note, for me, uh, Man Like Mobin filmed in Birmingham. Yeah. I was just I, about to pause and, 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 and more let Alina know that in the intro, I'm going to have plugged the, the, the dates and where people can watch Man Like Mobin and get, because <laughs> we've just not talked about your new TV show at all. We've just no, talked bro, for like, almost have, an hour and not mentioned it. But we're talking about the real thing, but I wasn't, <laughs> bro, you know what? Ironically, I wasn't even talking about the show. But no, it's good. I was, I was going to bring it around to, to that anyway, because as you said, it was all filmed where you're from and bro, about people you've grown up around. Bro, the big thing is I remember cast, sound, sparks, arriving in the area to film on the first day. And these are notoriously tough areas to film in because yeah. why are you bringing cameras up in here, bruv? Yeah. You understand? I've got a life. I have got a business, whether legitimate or not. Bro, yeah. why are you bringing cameras in the ends? Before we even started filming, I went, I went to Small Heath and we met with some of the heads and I took uh, Jill Isles, and the locations guy, and we sat with the heads. And they were like, my God, it feels like a bloody mafia meeting. And I goes, it's not. What we're doing is we're saying hello. We're yeah. filming in the bits. Hi. 
Yeah. Bro, so many people when I see shows politeness think, thing, yeah, right? It's bro, a manners thing. Brother, you go into someone's house, take your shoes off, and be polite for the first ever time. Afterwards, you can keep your shoes on and muck around. Bro, manners you, in the manner. Bro, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Bro, exactly. That first meeting, from from their perspective, they were shocked. Everything was loving, vibes, jokes. But bro, it's so important to establish those things. And I I remember when we were rapping. Uh, we went to munch at one of the spots. Super dope. I need to take you, bro, when you come yeah. through the mid. And it was, uh, two, 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 two women from the production were stood there. And she goes, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I had my perceptions about an area like yeah. this. She goes, I've stood just people and car watching. And all I've got is smiles or, oh, would you, would you, would you want to try this mint tea? Bruv, it's just... From a, from a media news perspective, man, I just think it's so dangerous that we get caught up in the narrative of this is what this is yeah. and this is the way this is. But if you have to go taste it, feel it, vibes it. Do you know what I mean? So, so was did that feel, did that put pressure on you when writing it that you're representing an area that's not really been represented accurately in the past? And you're writing a comedy, so you 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 want to represent it in a real way but you don't want to mock it. But equally, everywhere we love, part of our, our love of it is how stupid some of our mates are and our, of some of the, the dumb things that go on around our way. And it's that weird thing, it's okay to laugh amongst your mates about it, but now you're presenting it on the BBC yeah. for everyone to laugh at. Was that a kind of... Uh, was there any nerves around that, I guess? Any conflict to go, right, I need to make sure they're laughing in the right way rather yeah. than, oh, look at how ridiculous we are or look at how poor we are or look at how simple we are or look at our language or whatever else you know bro it was so important because for me something that the, the best thing that's come out of this for me is that from a comedic perspective when i walk through these areas yeah i don't have to worry about getting egged which is what's happened to some previous uh, performers who work with the bbc who creates it comes in these areas they've been bricked out the ends they've been egged out because what happened you created a caricature that was so out of date, so unbelievable. Yeah. It was it was a piss take. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. This is our chance on television, and you've mugged us off to appease whoever it is, right? Yeah. So when so when Mobin was being made, and you came from here, yeah, you know I mean? that, that, that's what makes it all the more insulting. You've came from here, you've come from and here, and then you've stepped out and gone, look at them idiots. So no, no, this is us idiots. Yes, if you're going to do that, you know, bro, wholeheartedly. And I think the the, the thing for me is is just creating characters that were real yeah. and it took time like Mobian was quite a painstaking process getting the getting the, the powers that be to understand this is why and to be completely fair to them they left us to it they were like that's great because that's a tough thing with the BBC as well yeah. is it, it's 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 the BBC so yeah. the, the they've because potentially because of having their fingers burnt in the past they they could be very cautious yeah. and very careful they've made Pro, like over fifty percent of the best things to come out of Britain in TV. Yeah. So you know, in no way am I speaking against the BBC here, but the, there would have been a, a, a level of caution with mm. something that maybe I don't know. They're having to put their faith in you that this is all that, that, that this is all right and this is going to work because whoever it is at the BBC isn't going to have grown up there and know the ins and outs. You know. No, and bro, Pip, that's a that's a big thing as well. Like. You can be a super liberal and open-minded and I want people to tell their stories. Yeah. But when those stories come and plonk themselves in front of you, bruv, I don't care who you are, it's still going to throw you. 
Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. I, I want to understand, but are we allowed to say that? Are we allowed? And it's like, it's not about what we're allowed to do. What's real? Yeah. If uh, saying the word Paki is what takes place in Small Heath amongst Asian guys. Yeah. What are you so scared about that? Yeah. No, no, guys, really that's one that. step too far. Yeah. You're telling us what one step too far. I thought you wanted the truth. I thought you wanted yeah. the realism of what takes place here, whether that's drug dealing or prostitution. Or, and, uh, you know, we we look at explorer things, but the beauty of Man Like Mobin, I think, from our perspective, is that it's just hella normal. Like, you can get a guy that was a dealer in the bits, tried to give it up, who has a fight at 2 a.m. and is, is doing his night shift. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, just the reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, and, uh, you know, uh, for me, reflecting that is important. There are going to be some people who are vexed. I, I tell you the truth, I nearly kicked off with someone in the bits when we were filming because he right. drove past and he said, uh, I know who you are, but don't take the piss out of us like Citizen Khan did because you'll see what's going to happen. And he, um, immediately, as soon as someone says to you, you're going to see what's going to happen, I backed up and was like, what, what you know about What's going to happen? Yeah. So in the middle of the camera, and <laughs> bruv, bruv, the DOP turned the camera like this. <laughs> bruv, the DOP turned the camera away from the real action. And, you know, we had to have it out I there. I don't want to be implicated in this. I don't want to. I'm this. I this is, you deal with what happens here. This has got too real very quickly, guys. I signed up for real, but not this real. Bruv, and, and, and for me, getting it right is... For the most important thing, if someone said, oh, that wasn't funny enough, or I didn't quite enjoy that. For me, I would be most gutted if people from the ends were like, rah, you're just another guy who came and did a show mm. and you, you, you flunked it. But I don't yeah. think that's what it is. Yeah. And I think we've, we, I've been overly cautious on that merit, but it's going to be interesting to see what small he thinks. Yeah. What Sparkbrook, what, Eastland, wherever it is, long sighted Manchester, because they're working class characters. Can you relate to them? If you can relate to them and you're like, yeah. I know that guy, I know that guy, then I feel that we've done it. That's, that's what's important. I think we went through a period, and even my tastes, I went through a period of, in a lot of entertainment, of a kind of a, a, a poverty porn, of, yeah. of making these, oh, look at these tough lives that people are, are living. And again, it's produced some of the best of British cinema over yeah, the years yeah. on the drama. A point of view but we're now at a point where the industry is that bit more open up and i did a post the other day or a while ago now on, tw- on twitter saying can anyone point me in the direction of a good drama about the la riots and there hasn't oh, been okay. one and i was like that i've watched some amazing documentaries but, but why hasn't anyone written about this and someone responded saying oh you should write something and i was like well no there's young black men at this point, who will have grown up through that yeah. in LA, who are writing, who are making amazing things in the industry, who are making waves in Hollywood, they should be telling that story. So I think a lot of the risk of it becoming exploitative is removed when, as you say, it's your story, it's your ends, you're, you're, you're representing, you will know better than anyone what could be wrong about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How it could be done wrong. Because you would have seen other people come in and say, oh, we're doing a thing about the wonder... Oh, they're so loved. They're such a vibrant people. <laughs> the wonderful people of Small Heath. Rogues. Look at the, the way they are. Oh they're God. just so... They're so lovable. They're offering me green tea. You know, <laughs> all this kind of thing. It's like, well, you will know what's... What, what you would find offensive watching. So it kind of... It gives you that, that built-in filter, right? Yeah, but I also think that there's... There is a shelf life. Yeah. So... 
if I continue on the track that I'm on, yeah. and I we we work on more movies together, yeah. I do another sitcom, I will then have moved out of the mental place that I was five years ago. Yeah. So in five years' time, someone says, "Oh, we we really need an insight into what life is like right now in inner city Coventry, inner city." But I won't be that guy anymore. Yeah. Should I be right? Should I be telling that story? I don't so, think so, bro. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's it's why I've started getting or a, a love of it as well. But it's one of the reasons I've started moving into acting because yeah. I don't know if rap is a forty year old man's game. It, it can be, yeah. But I don't know if every if it's every forty year old man's game. Do you know what yeah, I mean? So yeah, yeah, as yeah. I'm getting older and older, I'm like, right, I I, I want to hear other people do it more than I'm more inspired to hear the voice of the new people coming up than I am to write anything of myself. If, if a subject comes up, my instinct now is I can't hear, I, I can't wait to hear what the scene make about this, yeah, write yeah, about yeah. this rather than I need to comment on this. You know, that's kind of gone Real. now a little bit. And then I, I, I get that. That makes sense in that respect that right now you're the perfect person to have this say again, also partly because of our, our natural and organic it's come about the fact yeah. That you were literally just a person, yeah, doing man. Videos and doing that, so it's, it couldn't be more perfect. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. And but I think, bro, it's it's incumbent, like you just said there, in terms of what you do. That if I'm still sitting there trying to tell stories, yeah, without saying, "Yo, come through." Come, what what can I do to facilitate yeah. you understanding that you can do this? I think that's a across the industry. That's a big thing, and I get that messing with people's revenue. It's like, oh, if he's telling that story, what about me? Yeah. But bro, if we, if we're in this for the art, if we're in this to make social change, but that's what it has to be. This is this is a weird note to end it on, and I will end it because we're now at the hour mark. So there's a wrestler yeah. called Eddie Dennis, and he did he blew up a bit recently. He's a British wrestler. Um, again, it comes back to Walk Like a Panther, which is all about. A, a, a British wrestling comes out March 8th yeah, yeah. Um, and he was a teacher and he had become a headmaster and a lot of his like a British wrestling in the last few years has blown up and a lot of the people like he was doing it part time a lot of the people he wrestled with were wrestling in America and had been signed to WWE and things like that and he realised that he had a responsibility to quit his job because He's going in every day telling these kids to chase their dreams, to follow their dreams, that anything's possible. And he's sitting there on the edge of his dream, but not committing to it. Wow. And he felt that that had to be his responsibility. He did some amazing videos about it. And he quit about six months ago and has gone full time. He's already had a trial for WWE and, and things like that. And it's like, that's the biggest inspiration there. The fact that... The, the stuff that you taught those kids in your class is one thing. The fact that their old teacher was on the BBC over Christmas yeah, is, is, and, and he's, he's the teacher that was relatable. He was the one that was one of us. He's now up there because of how we as a society and for better or worse, because of how we put entertainment on a pedestal, that's going to mean a lot, you know? So that's an exciting thing. Bro, I, I, I hope so. And I hope if my mentality ever changes, bro, you know me well enough to be able to clip them wings because it's important. We, we will, I will, if, if I ever see you getting there, I will get onto your people and get them to pass a message on to say. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in and chatting, my man. My pleasure, I'm going to round it up there and I look forward to seeing the all that's ahead. And for us, 
us reuniting at the at the premiere of, of Walk Like a Panther, I'd imagine. Do you know when that is? Well, I know it comes. I know they've got the release date of March eighth now because it's like Fox have gone nuts over it. It's their big Mother's Day release. Wow, apparently, which is mad. Bruv, bruv, so yeah, that's going to be a laugh, bruv, right? We're going to be on the re- that is a madness. It's don't ridiculous. don't go all prestige on me and be like, oh yeah, guys. Let Hi me guys. go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I was just talking to to Neil. As if Neil will talk to me, bruv. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you very much, sir. And where can people keep up to date on all your stuff on social media and whatnot? Yeah, so uh, kind of December's going to be busy, but you, uh, social media goes kind of official, I think. Um, and yeah, man, just uh, the show will be on iPlayer from the 17th. That's uh, perfect. Uh, live at the Apollo from, I think, Boxing Day as well. So Great. So, bro, just, you know, we, we do this for real folks, bro, like us. So yeah. just, yeah. And, and the Live at the Apollo as well. I know when we were talking about that, that was a massive deal because, again, you've not gone down to that London and, and done those things that you're meant to do to get gigs like that. So that's I've brought, how I've, was it? Of course, it was mad surreal. My my wife and my sister, it's the first ever gig they'd come to see me. Oh, Proper, wow. Bro, them man's are only on it for the big ones, you know. Yeah, damn Proper right. Proper I get that. Don't shout them, bro. They're waste. I then. love it. I love that. They're, <laughs> they're preserving it. So they, they came out and... So I don't want to... I'm not coming to see your little gig over here, bro. I'm, I'm not looking to open the oven and taste taste the dinner halfway through. I want to I want to eat it when it's finished. So now you're up there, we'll come and see it. Bro, Pip, for me, the biggest thing is that anybody who's interested in expressing themselves artistically, bro, you don't have to do the traditional thing. I have never stepped foot at the Edinburgh Fringe and performed. All these parameters that people said, you've got to do these things as a stand-up comedian yeah. to have validity. Man... Trust in yourself, do stuff that's relevant, yeah. tell real stories, and you will make it. And I think that's, bro, that's, that's my basis for it anyway. I love it. Well, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I look forward to all that's ahead. Most def, Pip. Most def. a pleasure, mate. Thank you, my brother. There we go. That was episode 185 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. I, I I really hope you enjoyed that discussion and I hope you share it as much as possible because the discussion about him talking to his kids at school and kind of understanding that there's there's nuance in, even on a sensitive subject like racism, there's nuance. There's terms that shouldn't be used but can be used by people who aren't a racist but people who are just ignorant, which isn't acceptable still. That's not a let-off, but it is a different thing. And that's kind of the point that we discussed and made. And it felt strong. So, um, yeah, if you haven't already, go and watch Man Like Mobeen on iPlayer. Guz was also live at the Apollo. That might be on iPlayer, I think. I loved watching that. Um, Was that on New Year's Eve, I think? On New Year's Eve, Guz was on live at the Apollo. And I loved watching it and then watching the reaction of Twitter because there was a slew of people just adoring it and then there was a slew of confused right-wing idiots kind of annoyed and angry that they found a Muslim amusing um, and not threatening and then a handful who were like shouldn't be on our TV and this kind of thing and God, I love seeing those idiots angry angered by talent rather than anything they're, they're, 
that might justify their anger. So that was good fun. The kids smashed it. So check that out. Um, it was on, on Sunday brunch the other a weekend. Generally pottering about in the background and looking confused, which I absolutely thought I didn't know he was going to be on. And I turned on my TV. I like a bit of Sunday brunch. And I'd missed his interview, it turns out, but because I saw him and I watched all of it to catch his interview and I must have just missed it. But but it was just tons of him just looking confused and sleepy and staring off into the background and looking at himself on the monitor instead of paying attention to the actual show that's going on. I loved it. It was hilarious. Big love to Gus Khan. Um, yeah, check out next week's episode with uh, Vicky McClure. I've got a crazy run of guests lined up honestly i've got my podcast at the moment scheduled until i think april because the guests are just insane we are starting this year strong i will see you all hopefully i'll see you on saturday night saturday the 27th at the book club come along have a little boogie check this shit out until then i will bid you adieu bye-bye